Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Enterprise Dish. It is, um, well, Rick and I are both in the Midwest. And, Rick, I, I would say it's uh, not so tropical outside. No, it's horrible because my wife's heading down to Florida today, too. Oh. But we, I think I hit negative 6 uh, Fahrenheit or around minus 18, 19 uh, Celsius yesterday. And it's miserable, as is my video quality. Yeah, well, fortunately... <laughs> It's, I'm going to blame the cold weather on this one because um, we've tried a couple times here, and the magic of Skype is that you don't have dynamic control of your own video feeds. But fortunately, most people hang out on the audio side, which is all good. But yeah, um, it, it's freezing. Like I, I opened the door, and my dog took one step outside, and, and like his one paw hit the ground and did that, uh, like, really? Like, are, are you actually doing this? And so it's cold. Well, it's cold. It's causing everything to freeze. People, uh, Skype connections, and more. Uh, one of our, I believe he, he works for Veeam. Um, Tim, I cannot remember his name. He's a Veeam Vanguard or a VMware guy. Uh, he has the VM certification. He lives in Hamilton. Um, he said that his plane was being pushed back at CVG, and that bar, the tow bar, snapped. Yeah, Tim Smith. Tim yeah, Smith. That's I, it. I saw that tweet, and I believe it. The uh, tow bar. I didn't know that could happen. Nor you know, did there's I. There's <laughs> a couple of different pieces on that that piece of hardware. I've looked at them uh, a couple of times because I've seen them have to be swapped out for other reasons uh, on flights. But yeah, that's uh, this cold is absolutely crazy. I know that mm -hmm. uh, uh, people are late into work here because like their gas froze and stuff like that because of the wind. That's the other yeah. factor. Um, a colleague of mine is up in. Uh, north of Minneapolis, and they had minus 28 oh, Fahrenheit like, air temp. Whoa. Cruel and unusual. I don't yeah. know what to do. I mean, it's it's winter. We expect cold, but this is this is something different. No, it's just not fair. No, it's really not. I mean, you, you can't even go outside. Like, it's just no. it's painful. I did go outside for lunch, though. Um, you know, I, I kind of have this rule. That you don't know you're alive unless you think you're going to die. So I have a little bit of a preference for the extremes, the sure. extreme weather. And uh, I actually really did enjoy briefly walking <laughs> out to lunch to, to just to get, you know, uh, I went over to the Korean quick service place that I mm -hmm. love. And um, y you walk a little quicker, but uh, yeah. it's, 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 you feel it. Well, you can keep your extremes to yourself, Rick. Um, yeah. I'm much more of a 60 to 70 degree Fahrenheit type individual. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. It's a little painful, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's supposed to get up to 11 Fahrenheit here soon, so it's, it'll be all over and better soon. So, yay. <laughs> 11 will feel, feel like a beach vacation. Yeah. But um, all right, let's just kind of dive in here, shall we? Because there's a couple things running around. Veeam's got some news, obviously. That, well, this month, uh, Microsoft has uh, begun rolling out a, a face changing thing, if you want to call it whatever. Uh, they have overhauled their Microsoft 365 Compliance and Security Center. If you've ever looked at that and said, "Hey, this is kind of garbage," uh, Microsoft is now listening, and they're going to fix it. Well, that's good. You have to you have to overhaul user interfaces over time, and mm -hmm. This is a classic example of welcome to the cloud because it's going to happen. Oh, hey, okay, it happened. You know, yeah. uh, that's one of the things that are, you know, when you put out software, interfaces, extensibility, usability, those things are very important. And mm -hmm. when more people, more organizations, more types of organizations commit to those features, 
those types of feedback points where individuals are trying to you know say they don't like it or they it needs a refresh you know those things get heard and you know in the cloud it's going to be a lot easier to change that and i i i don't know if it's public but i'm pretty sure microsoft has like a whole kind of private instance of azure and all the cloud services mm -hmm. that is not what everybody uses. That's where they test all these things, yep. and that's how it moves over into production, right? So it's like uh, it has a name, but I can't remember what it's called. But uh, it's one of those things that, that that's how you do it, and that's how you change it quickly, and that's how you mm -hmm. move new services out to market quicker. And you know, you're going to see more cloud services do that. Uh, Azure's probably and Microsoft in general are going to be one of the leaders in that regard. Yeah, it, it's they said that it's uh, literally starting to roll out. I think today. And then it'll take up to three months for every end user to see it. But in enterprise software side, that's that's overnight. Yeah, that's true. And when you look at how different enterprise software deployments are going to go, it's one thing if you do it or if it's done for you, you know. And mm -hmm. that's where, you know, this overwhelmingly hybrid approach kind of makes that, that blur. Because if you have an enterprise just do it, they might not ever get around to it. But if it's mm -hmm. done for you or basically a forcing function, then these types of things will be quicker. Yeah. Um, since you said the word hybrid, I'm going to just dive right into this because um, I heard this from somebody on Twitter and a bunch of other places, and it, it seems to be kind of has a maybe a small growing movement, if you will. Uh, this week, speaking of Azure, there was an outage in Europe, um, somewhere around like the Amsterdam-ish area. And the key here was is that nobody could log into their mailbox. Nobody could get to email. And nobody was, there was no email happening in Europe. Let's just put it that way. And so what, what a couple of people pinged me, they said, hey, we've kind of got this idea that we've been brewing around and it seems to make a lot of sense, is that email should be on-premises. And that if you're going to do other stuff, that's fine in the cloud. But email is the backbone of a lot of corporations because if, if uh, Teams goes down or Slack goes down or whatever, you fall back to email. And so the idea was that, hey, maybe you should just keep your email localized. I'm curious if you have any opinions or thoughts on that or if you should keep your email in the cloud. Well, there's uh, – actually, I have a lot of thoughts, and I'm trying to look up and get the, the facts to, to tell you about this, right? But I thought it was actually hilarious. I'm looking at this – yeah, so it's like I remember they put um, was it the Amsterdam region was that's what they used to call Western Europe, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they yeah. put the Ireland one way west of it, and they called it North. Did you ever remember that kind of yeah. debacle naming? <laughs> but whatever. That, whenever I hear about that, I just can't gravitate away from that. But to the point of you know, Office 365 mail services and maybe other Azure services related, unavailable. Email is a mission-critical app, and then things that depend on it, Teams, uh, Skype for Business. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and taking that away from people will really disrupt the chasm. It's it's loosely analogous to a, with the old Office power outage, right? Yeah. So I actually think that people have a chance to actually be a little bit more productive. It comes down to individual responsibility, meaning if I need to get stuff done, I close mm -hmm. my inbox sure, and I get stuff done. In fact, I'm on the phone with you, even though it didn't fix my blurry video. I took my phone and I turned, I always keep my data off, by the way, unless I know I need it because mm -hmm. I don't want to get distracted. I use Wi-Fi in yeah. the office and in, in, in the house and all. But 
it's like if if I'm not in the house or at the grocery store or in my office or wherever I might be, I'm probably going somewhere and I don't want to be distracted by the phone. A phone call will come in, mm-hmm. but not like every email, every Slack, yeah. Teams. Uh, I use Google Voice, so that's where my texting goes. Mm-hmm. So it's like the only thing that's going to happen on my phone when I turn off Wi-Fi is a calendar reminder, a phone call, or – uh, my carrier telling me that my bill was paid via credit card, which comes as a text message <laughs> yep. from the device, right? So yep. that's really the only things that are going to come up and distract me. But that's when I need to get stuff done. So like when I'm talking to you, I turned off Wi-Fi. And it's on silent. But, you know, it's like one of those, you know, things that mm-hmm. I keep going over. But when you look at the worker in, in an office and if they don't have their email, they need to be able to be productive. So um, I would be fine without that. In fact, it's actually very comforting um, to not have your email. But I can understand how organizations get uh, a little anxious about that. Email on-premises as a solution is not a solution. You do not see people evacuating Office 365 going back to uh, Exchange on-prem. In fact, I don't even think anybody's deploying net new Exchange deployments on-prem, or at least they shouldn't be. Even in spite of a recent kind of bruise from an outage, Office mm-hmm. 365 is still the way to go for your email. Conversely, you don't see people, you know, you know, checking out a Salesforce and installing Siebel on premises for CRM. It's just no. Yeah. It's just too much the logical choice right now. So, um, yeah, this was an anomaly. It was pretty wide scale, I guess, but that doesn't, to me, break the idea of the model. Mm-hmm. These are the types of things, honestly, if Microsoft has more of it, they're going to make changes to be more resilient against it. And I look at what like what Veeam does. We have this story around Office 365 for when we back it up. We don't back it up as if we're expecting the service to go down. We're just backing it up so that organizations can have control of the data. So where I'm going with that is if there was a situation where somebody needed a piece of data that's in their email, but they can't get to their email – they could get to the backup and they can have that. So there's um, there's a lot of ways to go about it, but mm-hmm. installing Exchange on-prem is not part of the solution. Yeah, I mean, it, I think we've all, we can all argue that Microsoft's cloud or AWS or Google Cloud, or, you know, pick your provider, is going to have better uptime and availability than your local deployment. Def, definitely. Microsoft and Amazon specifically almost have unlimited resources at this at their disposal. And if they can't keep it online, uh, an IT shop with limited, uh, you know, resources is going to have a harder time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's, and and the same thing when it comes to like even the the colo decision that some people face. And I, I run my lab in a colo because it's just honestly a better place. It's a mm-hmm. better arrangement. They're better at the network. They're better at the power. They're they don't yell at me when I bring in boxes of crap. I mean, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and speaking of Azure, by the way, Microsoft is making uh, Windows Server 2019. GA is now available on Azure as infrastructure as a service. If you've been waiting on that, uh, you can go ahead and do that. Although I don't have all the details of it, but I was reading on a sysadmin forum on Reddit this morning that there's a bug with uh, Windows Server 2019 related to the recycle bin feature of Active Directory that it was corrupting forests. So um, don't take that as truth yet, but there was definitely people saying, hey, I can replicate this problem, and you might just want to wait. Well, this 2019 release as a whole, everything from the GA, not GA, sure. to 
to the kind of the and that was from ignite in september all the way mm-hmm. till now we're still kind of sorting through it i think the evaluation center you can download it online now um this just underscores a need for testing any change critical app and i'd put active directory absolutely as a critical app and you know what what services are going to run on windows server 2019 so this is just a, a call to test and we have the, you know we have situations where products don't function as expected but then we also have situations where administrators may implement it in a mm-hmm. different way too so there's nothing but evidence in all of our IT history that there's a call to do testing on these things and just make sure you don't have any surprises and so nothing surprises me anymore but I am going to get on the 2019 bandwagon myself which is kind of funny because we actually support it now and I mm. haven't done the upgrades on some of my systems in the in the colo over there yeah well, as long as you're not on one of the older ones that's about to roll off into the sunset, you should be okay. But um, I definitely understand the hesitation for some people um, who, who don't live on the bleeding edge because, A, well, like Veeam, like you need to know it because, well, obviously guys are selling support for it. But if you're a large company who's just more not on the bleeding edge, and I don't blame you, um, take your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Take your time. You know, I talk to enterprises every day that are N minus one, N minus two. They get they get a little cagey when I start talking about Windows Server 2016. They're still in 2012 and yeah. uh, two. And, that, and that's okay. You know, I, I've seen everything from major version minus one. I've also seen organizations prefer the uh, after the first patch, that mm-hmm. type of approach and more. So it's, uh, it's all over the place. But again, testing and, and preparation are going to just make sure you don't have any surprises whatever the platform yeah it's uh it's been a windy day and of <laughs> bandwidth all over the place your video was I, excellent for a while it, it came <laughs> back but then there's a cloud that is coming this way it's probably the the, the double polar vortex or something Who knows? <laughs> double polar vortex striking down our bandwidth uh between our our servers although physically rick and i really aren't all that far apart so it's um who knows who knows? But there is some good news for, out of the Veeam camp this month. Uh, Veeam announcing that they've raised $500 million, not a small chump of change. And uh, you guys have also released some new software. So good things obviously happening on the green team up there. Yeah, minus the 54 millisecond latency for my you know 100-mile drive from me to you. A lot <laughs> of good things going on here. Um, yeah, so we've had a long relationship with uh, Insight Ventures over the years and mm-hmm. you know it actually goes uh, at least officially all the way back to 2013 or 2012 if i remember right and then even before veeam was a company uh, our founders had a relationship with insight as well so this has been kind of one of many uh, milestones and that investment really is going to propel veeam's growth uh, we've got we've done a lot of internal preparations for scaling the company and you know one of the things that that type of money is going to really pave the way for are bigger and and more acquisitions we did we did one last year we you know how we were always talking to people about those types Mm -hmm. of things uh and that's one way to grow i mean we're also working on our own r d our own sales strategy but it's kind of like everything needs to grow we need to have um net new products by way of organic creation net new products by acquisition and I, I look at what we did in january of last year and actually now it's fully integrated and that was that amazon backup solution so that's now fully integrated into veeam which it's actually moving pretty quick a year to integrate two different technologies that's pretty awesome so you'll see more of that and you know 
combine that with the ginormous release that we did last week that um if I had, you know, told the listeners one thing, it's the mm. cloud storage implementation. So now we can seamlessly send backups to Azure, Amazon, IBM Cloud, mm. Azure Stack with a hack that rhymes, and to uh, uh, to on-premises S3 compatible storages. So, you know, we the cloud tier is really going to be a sure. big boon for us, and we're really excited, as well as a, a shed load of other. Um, Capabilities and I actually just remembered shed load to some people is a bad word, but my my guy that is in charge of our communications, he's a British guy. He says it's fine, so I think we'll be okay for this show. <laughs> but um, yeah, the cloud tier. If I had to just drop one little plug, that that's the one that's going to really allow organizations to use Azure and other cloud storages. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's that's all good things. It's uh, kicking off twenty nineteen with a bang. Mm. Yeah, we had a huge online stream event last year, or last week. We're recording here uh, late in January, and it was on the 22nd. We had this live stream, and we had, I can't remember, but we had thousands of people mm -hmm. online and then thousands of people on site. And my demo went fine, way better than the That's bandwidth good. that I've got in the office today. But uh, it was one of the, it was down in Orlando, so it was a big launch event, and that worked really good, a lot of great interest, and so... You know, we're just taking that momentum through the year, and we'll probably uh, be promoting some other types of launches and milestones here soon. But uh, yeah, busy, busy days here in the green building—that's for sure. And uh, and then we've also got Vimon um, coming up here. Well, we got a couple months, and that'll be yeah. uh, that'll be another big adventure down in Florida. Yep, in Miami. We're looking forward to that in May. Can't quite remember the dates, but um, that's going to be fourth or fifth Vimon. Two Vegas, one New Orleans, one Chicago, this one. So fifth. Fifth Vimon. And we're actually I spent a lot of the morning sorting out emails and strategy for that event. So we're we're turning from that launch event right over to the Vimon event. So uh definitely if anyone's interested, check it out at vmon.com. And you know, we're gonna have some mm -hmm. of our partners there, right? We'll have some yep. Microsoft content, some VMware content, some HPE Cisco NetApp type content and uh, a lot of service provider content. So, and it's really a techie show at heart. So I actually got clearance to really bring back a lot of the oh, techie good. goodness. So I'm uh, really, uh, really happy to to kind of lead that. Yeah, and I will I will be there. I, I was Sweet. as you were as you were saying that I was trying to remember this is this will be my fourth because the first one I went to was in Vegas, then Chicago, then New Orleans, and then yeah. So this will be four. Yeah, four nice, me. awesome. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Rick, as we uh, as we end it up here, what is the Rick's dish for January? What's going on in your life? How's the weather? Anything else you want to get off your mind or just let the people know? I want winter to be over. <laughs> so one of the times we were talking about the biking, uh, as you might have, know, might have heard, I had the shoulder surgery. Yep. I'm out of the sling now. I go to the doctor in like two weeks to hopefully get like a final clearance and I'll be able to get back on the bike. So winter gone, back on the bike, bring me summer back. That's 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 what I'm dishing for. I can I can relate to that. Just something warm. Anything warm other something. than the space heater at my feet right now sounds fantastic to be honest. Yeah, I have to wear three pairs of socks the other day. This cold is not fun, guys. No, this is it's it's not. There, there's no other way to, to to describe it. If you are somewhere warm listening to this, just know that we're both jealous. Yes, crawl in your freezer. That's how we roll. 
<laughs> well, with that, Rick, I very much appreciate your time taking your... Uh, I know you've got a busy schedule there. Veeam's doing a lot of good stuff, and we're going to be talking about it all through 2019. And uh, everybody else, make sure to hit hit up Veeam on if you are interested, because Rick and I will both be there. I'm sure we're going to be doing this podcast again live from the show floor. And uh, there's just a lot of goodness going on in the green neighborhood. <laughs> All right, Rick, we appreciate it, and we will catch everybody else here next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, and uh, everybody else, have a good day. Catch you later.